Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. If you had told me on the first day of 2022 that our family would be moving to the other side of the world in 2023, I would have literally laughed in your face (laughs) and said, that is definitely not us. But God does surprising things. And so next uh, next Sunday, my family is off to do this. Crossroads is a discipleship training school at the University of the Nations at YWAM in Kona, Hawaii. It's a five-month school with a lecture portion and an outreach portion for people with an interest in missions or just growing in their relationship with God, no matter where they're at in life. The name of it, you can see why it is Crossroads. It's a crossroads in your life. It's just diversity of people um, all learning together. You're there to learn about God and where you're going so much fun connecting with other people. There was so many different denominations, so many different languages, and then we also had so many different ages. I was the youngest guy on my DTS at 28. This allowed me really to pursue wisdom from many people who have just lived amazing lives. The community um, that gets built that is really touching and really changes our perception of who God is and how he works and how he's working through us. Each speaker carries their own gifting and their own message. We are a part of, and I feel it very much with you, we're a part of a movement that God's been doing for about 60 years now through Youth with the Mission. And this snapshot that we call Crossroads has destiny to it. You had like Father's Heart, Holy Spirit Week, um, you had Spiritual Warfare Week. I think my favorite week was how to hear the voice of God and the Holy Spirit. And you know what? It made me feel like I was young again. Even though I'm middle-aged, the youth were so filled with fervor and excitement and enthusiasm, and the music was so spot on. It's been life-changing, honestly. Um, I've encountered the Lord, so much healing. The most amazing thing that I've had in my entire career. Just excited about the opportunity to serve the Lord, because now I know God more, and I want to make Him known. Out of anything, is just seeing God rightly. Just finding out that he's good and just so much better than I thought he was. And so now we're gearing up to go to outreach and I'm excited just to share what God's done in me and in others and then just to see him do it all over again. Are going on outreach. Oh, I love my outreach. I absolutely love my outreach. It was amazing to see the growth of the church there and the, the pace of the growth. I am part of the family of God, but I'm still a guest. And it was a privilege to get to kind of talk with people and just see where they are. And um, if I could, I'd have more time just listening to their stories. So it's real nice to be able to come to Hawaii and do a DTS here, but it's not without its challenges. You're going to be busy. You're going to be working a lot. Um, You're going to be stretched in new ways because of the actual lecture phase that you go through. You're going to be introduced to new ideas continually. If God's calling you to it, do it. Some of us sold our houses, uh, got rid of everything we had. And if you were to ask me, is it worth it? I would say yes. I have three months in Hawaii, then two months 
somewhere in the world, we've been told that that will be either Mexico or South Africa or Germany or Kyrgyzstan or Cambodia or Thailand or Vietnam. <laughs> and I just have to say too that we've just found out that we have a 78-year-old coming as a student. So never say never, people. <laughs> this month we've been working through our series Level Up. And in week one, Anthony asked us what it would look like to change our perspective of the kingdom and step out, take a risk and put our faith into action. In week two, Desiring Charlie encouraged us to level up our intimacy with God, and particularly through an intentional and meaningful and consistent quiet time. Last week, Matt encouraged us to level up our compassion, and today I'm finishing up the series with Level Up Your Obedience. And it's my privilege today to share with you just a little glimpse uh, into how we as a family of three pretty boring introverts came to the point of turning our lives upside down. You know, our God is the most extraordinary and fascinating and intriguing and exciting and mysterious yet accessible being in the universe. And it still boggles my mind and excites my heart that the one who flung the stars into space desires to speak to us? Was his idea in the first place to talk to us and listen to us because he created us for intimate friendship with him? And a normal part of being a follower of Jesus is hearing his voice. In John 10, Jesus said that his sheep hear his voice, know his voice, and follow him. And as soon as we get quiet enough to listen, and we fulfill the biblical conditions of hearing God's voice, and we remove the, um, the limitations that we impose on how we think he should speak to us, he actually starts to speak to us specifically and conversationally. And our relationship with him becomes more exciting and meaningful, and we discover him as anything but a God who is distant and disinterested and detached from our lives. And our adventure actually becomes hearing and obeying the voice of God. And God has a detailed and remarkable plan for everyone's life, and that includes yours. It's a plan that's consistent with his character. But he never intended for us to make our plans and then ask him to bless them. Jeremiah 10, 23 says, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It is not for them to direct their steps. Honestly, we so often don't have a clue what's best for us. And Proverbs 28:26 goes as far as saying, those who trust their own insight are foolish. And in Isaiah 55, 8, we read, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Isn't it a relief that we have a God who has a heart of unfathomable love for us, who created us and therefore knows how to fulfill us, who's omniscient and knows all the factors associated with our lives, and a God with the ability to communicate to everybody who wants to listen and obey him. Just knowing God's character should be enough for us to believe that he will guide us. However, just in case we miss that, um, there's just reminders all through scripture. Here's just two of them. Psalm 48, 14, for this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide to the end. And Proverbs 3, 5, 6, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. 
Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And that's certainly been our experience as a family these past 12 months. So on February the 4th last year, I was reading this book, Is That Really You, God? And included in it was the story of how YWAM Kona came to be. So I'd never heard of Kona before that. Three days later, Darren was offered an unexpected early retirement package. Apparently, he's old enough for that. Um, in the middle of what was a really difficult restructure. After his application had been um, knocked back a, a month earlier than that. A day or so after that, Stuart, who's one of Josiah's campus leaders in Cambodia, sat with Josiah for lunch, which was unusual. And then he also said to Josiah, so how's your family doing? Which was also unusual. And Josiah said, well, it's interesting that you should ask that. Dad's just been offered this package and they're trying to work out whether to take it or not. And Stuart then said, you know, there's this Crossroads DTS in Hawaii that would be great for them to do. Lots of families and older people do it. Their kids go to, go for five months. It's a great place to discern things at the crossroads of life, like what to do next. So Josiah was very excited to share his Stuart conversation with me, and when he did, I actually knew all about YWAM Kona because I'd read about it just the previous Friday. And Stuart's words excited me and I looked into it. I chatted with Darren and Jonah. Um, Jonah's 16, for those of you who don't know him. Darren's response was, I'm open to anything at this stage. Jonah said, no way. <laughs> and then Darren took the package. So our family thought it would be great for him to have some time to heal from what had become a really toxic work environment and to do some things that he enjoyed, to get some life back and for us to prayerfully consider Hawaii. By the end of that week, Jonah had completely changed his mind and was saying, okay, let's go to Hawaii. And Darren was still saying, I'm open to anything. And I told my mum, who's actually here today, what was going on, expecting that she would tell me it was ridiculous. <laughs> and instead, she just said to me, that sounds totally up your alley, you should do it. And I asked her several months later why that was her response. And she said at that time, all her devotions and her readings were talking about taking risks for Jesus. Around the same time, Don Hall was walking past me one day in the foyer here at church, and he just casually said, so what happened? Did Darren take that package? I said, yes. And he said, so what are you going to do? Go and live on an island for a year? <laughs> and I just looked at him and tilted my head like, huh? <laughs> what did you say that for? Don knew nothing about Crossroads, which is on the big island of Hawaii. So we didn't share this with anyone else at that point. But every hour there was this quiet yes that was inside me that was growing bigger and bigger and excitement rose for new possibilities for our family. Then out of the blue, Darren suddenly applied for a job in Maribara. He was pursued by people there very much wanted. It was a great job, it was good pay, it was a brilliant opportunity being laid before him. And I think there's such a pull in this world to be needed and affirmed and to have a good job and to be able to provide for your family and to have security. And I get it, I totally do. And Darren's an engineer, so his brain loves things to be logical and to make sense. So this was logical and made sense. And he thought he was doing what was good and right for our family. But honestly, I was disappointed that he had applied for it 
And he had his interview on the Monday. That Friday, I was enjoying my Sabbath. I was tucked up on my couch reading my next book, um, Forever Ruined for the Ordinary. It's a book that's inspired a lot of what I'm sharing today. And Darren texted me that afternoon um, to say that he got the job. My heart sank. And I kept reading my book. And two hours after his text, I got up to page 141, and I read this. An associate pastor once told me that disobedience to God's direction to pursue five months of YWAM's training resulted in the following. The anointing of the Holy Spirit lifted off his preaching ministry. The vision for reaching the nations with the gospel faded. He was unable to hear God's voice for directions. A general spiritual dullness settled upon him, making him insensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. What a horrendous price to pay for disobedience. That's the bad news. The good news is that the same pastor repented, took a three-month YWAM crossroads course, plus a two-month overseas outreach, and retrieved all he had forfeited. What a merciful, long-suffering God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was reading. Like, really? I'm a pastor, like this man was, and led by God to do exactly the same training as he was. And my husband had just been offered and accepted the job that would potentially keep us here in Australia. And I took a photo of that page of the book, sent it to Josiah in Cambodia. His response, typical Josiah, was, oh, well, have fun sorting that out. <laughs> so Darren started his new job in Maribara three days after finishing his other and he loved it. And then he stopped saying, I'm open to anything. I noticed the change. Fast forward a few more Sundays, and I was chatting to someone about mission. She noted that so many couples never go who have been called to go. And she had no idea what was happening in our lives at that time. But I left that conversation thinking, we're never going to get to do this. I'm never going to be able to be obedient with this. What do you do when you need the whole family to be on the same page at the same time and they're not? How do you wrestle with things like authority? What happens when God, the ultimate authority, asks me to do something, but in honouring my husband's journey, I can't do it? And I sat with that agony quietly for months, and I kept asking that question about all this Hawaii stuff, is that really you, God? And then in June, our Yorkie staff were at a conference I was pretty raw that day, and then stared again because we had a panel of four pastors that were there sharing with us as guests. And of course, there just happened to be a guy who had been at YWAM Kona for the previous 15 years. And I was talking to Ange in one of the breaks and just kind of accidentally blurted out in my emotional space. And of course, that guy had to be there from YWAM Kona. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, yep. You're meant to go and do that Crossroads DTS, aren't you? God gave that to me for you several months ago, and I told Elisa, that's where all your questions are going to be answered. And I burst into tears. I'd mentioned nothing of this ever to Ange, and there was no way she could have known other than God showing her. And this was confirmation to me that all these island things weren't coincidence, and I wasn't going crazy or making things up that weren't there. Obedience is huge. It needs to be taken seriously. 
Charlie mentioned two weeks ago that Jesus is our best role model for spending time with God. And it's the same with obedience, Jesus as our model. And this is what we see. Jesus lived in submission to the Father. In John 6:38, we read, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. We see that Jesus lived in dependence on God and sought to know the Father's will about everything. John 8, 28, I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. And Jesus related to the Father with absolute obedience. In John 8, 29, we read, I always do what pleases him. I think that our obedience to God is evidence that we desire an intimate friendship with him, that we take seriously everything that he says to us, that we want to live with God's approval and experience the joy and the peace that accompany it. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You know this passage. We've been sharing it with you for the past two months around our theme of joy. Some of you will be wearing it on your wrists. But maybe you haven't noticed the obedience bit before. I think that obedience is also evidence of the degree of love that we have for God. John, or sorry, 1 John 5, 3 says, In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. And obedience as a way of life is evidence that we're true disciples of Jesus. We must never be fooled into thinking that believing in Jesus for salvation without a commitment of our wills to obey him is ever going to work well in the Christian life. 1 John 2, 3-6 says, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Keeps coming up. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. And obedience shows that we have a healthy fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord means being more impressed with God's reactions than with other people's reactions. He is a holy God. And there are warnings all throughout the Bible to people who choose to not obey. This is not a game, my friends. It's not something to be taken lightly. And maybe we need to learn more about trembling in the presence of a holy God. And when the fear of the Lord is upon us, we will obey God regardless of how unusual or difficult the circumstances are. Using the words of Joy Dawson, the degree of the fear of the Lord upon us will determine the degree of obedience to God in our lives. And then can I flip that? And can I suggest that disobedience can be evidence that we're actually not taking time in his presence for the purpose of knowing him. Because the more revelation that we have of God's character, the more likely we are to obey him. Disobedience can also be a sign of pride, that we place more importance on our assessment of a situation than God's. It's kind of crazy, though, for us to conclude that we have better judgment than God. 
the one who is timeless in his existence and infinite in his knowledge and wisdom. And disobedience can also be a sign of unbelief in God's ability to work in a given situation, particularly where we in our human finite minds can't find a solution or understand his strategy. We have to have a true perspective of God's character, a balance of the love and the mercy of God, which we know is so beautiful, with the fear of the Lord, the holiness of God, and the judgment of God. They all go together. So back to the Tudball family journey. So many things have happened since then. So in June, just after that staff conference, our family went to visit Josiah in Cambodia. Of course, God was working in our hearts there. And while we were there, we witnessed what can happen when God's people are truly surrendered and live in obedience and give sacrificially and say, yes, Lord. What can be built, what can multiply the transformation that comes, it was compelling. And we saw the Gospels lived out in 2022, like literally in front of us, still can happen. And I watched my husband moved in a slum, Noticing things that the rest of us didn't see. And I was intrigued by his desire to, to just move in and live alongside the people. And I had a taste of something that my heart was so deeply aligned with that I didn't even know was possible. And we were listening to a speaker there one day. He said, don't miss out on what God is doing because of comfort or pride. And then he had us look at the person next to us, which for me was Darren, and say, don't miss out. <laughs> In August, I finally fessed up and told Tim and Anthony what was going on. They just simply said, cool as cucumbers, we know. <laughs> they said they didn't know where or when, but they could feel the shifting sand. So Darren still wasn't quite there. So I took it upon myself to tell God what to do. I know, that's totally dumb, don't do that. But I didn't want to miss out on what God had for us, and I knew that this would be the most amazing thing we had ever done in our lives, and I was getting impatient, and I had great ideas of how God could intervene in Darren's life. You think I'm nice. <laughs> I was horrible. I was praying that Darren's job would become meaningless and empty to him. Or that he would get enough speeding tickets, even though he's never had any in 28 years of marriage, to lose his license so he couldn't drive to Maribara every day. That God would give him disturbed sleep and wake him up with dreams and visions. I know, wife of the year, right? <laughs> and then I was imagining how amazing it would be if Darren got down on one knee like he did all those years ago when he proposed to me and looked into my eyes and said, come to Hawaii with me. God didn't do any of that. I know, not at all surprising. <laughs> and I don't even know what changed. But I do know that there were people praying about this by then and that I also eventually gave up and told God that he knew Darren better than I did so he could actually choose how to speak to him. And one day Darren just simply came to me and, and said, I'll do it. I'll go to Hawaii. Just like that. Sometimes... Actually, always, <laughs> we just have to trust God and his wisdom and his steady and good work and his right timing in both our lives and the lives of others. Darren's yes was huge. 
and it's humbled. I'm looking at him as I'm saying this. It's humbled and moved me greatly, more than I've ever been moved in 28 years of marriage. That he would lay down his life and everything logical <laughs> and that made sense. So resigning from a new job that he loved, giving up our financial security that we had a taste of for just a few months, and a whole bunch of other things that I'm not going to share today. But I just want to say I'm so grateful for him, and I want to honour Darren today for doing that wrestle and taking this risky and very uncomfortable step, which actually releases our family to be obedient. In November, I then disappeared down to Barwon Heads for a few days, and I'd asked God to use that time to show me anything that I had wrong about this move to Hawaii. I had a bunch of Yorkie women praying for me while I was gone. There are some brilliant women in this place who have prayed for my family for so many years now. These women were particularly praying for protection and discernment and clarity. They didn't know what about. I didn't tell them the details. And Crystal, who didn't know about Crossroads at that stage, sent me a text that said the words, we are ascending church, keep coming up over and over again when I pray for you. And then the next Sunday at church, Jeanette, who also didn't know about Crossroads, said to me with tears in her eyes, I've been praying for you, I don't even want to speak it out. And she showed me her journal where she'd written, the Tudballs are leaving. And I walked away from my time in Barwon Heads with such a sense of peace that this was the right thing to do. There were no red flags. And there's been so many other defining moments, some even before we knew this journey was even a thing. Like when Josiah walked out and left home at the end of 2021 with nothing but a backpack. And so many things that I thought mattered, I realised in that moment didn't. Like the moment we paid off our house and it felt like absolutely nothing. Not relief, not joy, absolutely nothing. Despite us being told all our lives in this country that owning your own home is a great Aussie dream to aspire to. Interesting, isn't it? Even the signs that stared me in the face every day at the gym, things like life begins at the end of your comfort zone, fear only exists in the mind, the best view comes after the hardest climb. They were meant to motivate me towards exercise, like anything was ever going to do that. But instead, they lifted my eyes to Jesus and to his purposes. And there's been so much more to this journey that I can't share today, some because of time, and also because some of it's deeply personal to my family and deeply personal for others, and it just needs to be guarded and kept close to our hearts. But my point in sharing just some of the specifics today is that God speaks to us in so many different ways. Don't limit him. Through this journey for us, he's spoken through scripture, which we know is the inspired word of God, his love letter to us. It's God-breathed. It's pulsating with life that can speak to you every day. Read it. There's been words in songs. There's been other people, there's been circumstances, books, artwork, strong convictions, a sense of peace, impressions to our spirit, and God speaking in that still, small voice that you just know is him. And he yearns to reveal his mind and his creative ideas to those who will have the humility and the faith to ask him and then wait upon him and believe that he will speak and then implicitly obey what he says. 
So we were there, the definite yes had been said. However, the Monday after returning from Barwon Heads, I got a phone call from Jonah's school. Two weeks before, they told us that they would support us in every way they could with Jonah's education while we were away. But now they were saying that they actually couldn't do that. And because he couldn't finish semester one with them, there was actually no point in starting the school year at all. That was a pretty big curveball that we didn't see coming. And we had our Yorkie staff planning retreat starting that night in Torquay. I almost didn't go. <laughs> I did, though. <laughs> and I got up the next morning while everybody else was still asleep. It was very early. They were allowed to be asleep. And went down to the beach, and I sobbed. Actually, it was more like wailing. Just really ugly cry. Like, what were we doing? Were we going to ruin Jonah's life with this move? How could we take away his schooling from him? And in year 11, like, who does that? And then I poured out my heart to Josiah via messenger, who was still sleeping in Cambodia. And I had to pull myself together and get back to the house when my gorgeous staff team were now up and ready to start our day of sharing and planning. And later in the day, this came through from Josiah. So I've been praying for you this morning. Here's what I got. The words, there will be glory after this. And that you need to continue on this path. Do not yield, but continue the application process no matter the cost. This is going to be big for all of you. So, of course, Satan is going to throw all that he has. This is going to be significant. And I believe it will change the direction of all of your lives, hence why you are doing crossroads. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Jeremiah 6, 16. The ancient paths were never easy. They were full of challenges. We see constantly in the Bible people up and moving to a distant land, sacrificing all comfort and backup plans because God called them. Our God is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. He equips those he calls, and I know this is scary, but God will equip you and Dad and Jonah, but it all starts with radical obedience. In summary, it's imperative that you guys do this and following the step of obedience, there will be glory after this. A week earlier in Barwon Heads, I'd written this. What scriptures resonate with me for this season? Jeremiah 6.16. Stand at the crossroads, ask where the good way is, and you will find rest for your souls. And I shared Josiah's words with the staff and they just sat there and went, Yes, <laughs> yes, there's no better response to that. It's so important for us to have people around us who will lift our eyes back to the ways of Jesus when we waver. And I'd considered not going down to that retreat because I didn't want to wreck it for everybody else because I was a mess. But I was right where I needed to be, with people who are all in, who reminded me of everything that God had already done in this space, and people who weren't going to let me stumble and weren't going to let me give up or miss this opportunity. Keep looking at these guys because they were there. <laughs> who are your people like that? Who are you surrounding yourselves with? I walked away with a new resolve to continue with the yes. We laid down Jonah's schooling completely. Jonah thought that was God's best idea ever. <laughs> Two days later, we found out that Jonah's kidney had been miraculously healed. No medical explanation. 
the only explanation was God. And that was the whole oh dear, <laughs> other story that I can't share today. But Jonah was baptised that Sunday. And she texted me after she found out about Jonah's healing. And it said this, just want to say, I believe it was on Tuesday, you were down in the depths and we prayed for you. That some God miracles would remind you of his faithfulness to you. That he goes before you and that you would see him move in Darren's and Jonah's lives as you prepare to go to DTS and that they would be the stories of your journey forward. Yep, remember that. God always has a plan, even if we don't see it. I should also say that just a few weeks ago, Darren's work reversed their decision. They've now given him leave without pay instead of their initial requirement that he resign from his job. So he now has his job to come back to if he wants it. Maybe those two things are part of the words that Josiah heard that day, that after the step of obedience, there will be glory after this. I don't know. We don't know. But it's been pretty cool watching it all happen. Can I read you something from Forever Ruined for the Ordinary? Joy Dawson writes, Unconditional obedience to God should be our love response to him for his unconditional love to us. This removes all the dutiful dullness from our responses to his directions. Every influence God brings into our lives to encourage us to obey him is so that we, we will do so because of who he is. And then she goes on to say, so what is God really like? He is supreme in his authority, dazzling in his beauty, flawless in his character, ingenious in his creativity, timeless in his existence, the most exciting person, unswerving in his faithfulness, matchless in his grace, blazing in his glory, unparalleled in his greatness, awesome in his holiness, incomprehensible in his humility, the author of humour, the ultimate in intensity, absolute in his justice, infinite in his knowledge and wisdom, unfathomable in his love, the fountain of life, unending in his mercy, the owner of everything, limitless in his power, fascinating in his personality, majestic in his splendour, indescribable in his tenderness, unquestionable in his sovereignty, the personification of truth, unsearchable in his understanding, terrible in his wrath, mysterious in his ways, the ruler of an eternal, indestructible kingdom, the reigning monarch of the universe, King God, the lover of my soul. He's the one who's totally captivated me and the only one who can fulfill me. And in light of that description, can you see that we do ourselves a favor by running to obey him? I wonder if one day, when we stand before God and see him as he really is, if we'll find it unthinkable that we even ever entertain the thought of disobedience to him. So much of what my family is walking away from seems crazy in a worldly sense. Our yes is costly in those terms. But God's ways are higher than our ways. And his kingdom is this beautiful place of invitation to say yes, to what he leads and guides and calls us to. And I don't want to trade his plan for something that's familiar or comfortable. I am so done with that. And I don't want to spend my life stuck in a pattern of doing what this world tells us is important. We actually have no idea what this journey holds for us for the next five months or beyond. 
And sometimes I think we just have to run as hard as we can into the unknown. So next Sunday, we're leaving everything that we know. We're willing and we're ready to hear God. We know that he has a plan for our lives. It's actually really wise for us to take the time to find it. We know that God can accomplish more with a surrendered life than we could ever dream or hope or imagine. And we trust his character. God has never failed us simply because he cannot fail. Instead, faithfulness is part of his character. And we're slowly learning that we don't get to dictate to God what we will allow to happen if we obey him and that the cost is up to him. We also know that our safest place is to invite and believe for his control in our lives. So what about you? Does your life vision look like God's vision for your life? We can't speak about obedience and not give you a space to respond. So in total love and so wanting God's best for you today, I'm going to ask you some really hard questions. We're just, we're going to do it, we're going to go there. Our encouragement and our invitation this month has been to level up your perspective, your intimacy with God, your compassion, and now your obedience. And I don't think it's any coincidence that in the very first service of this series, Michelle stood up to lead our 9am service, and there was such a spirit of heaviness in the place that she actually had to stop in the middle of the song and speak into it. The last thing that Satan wants us to do as a church family is to level up. Someone very dear to us spoke out a few years ago. She had a bit of a prophetic edge. And she said, York Street is a sleeping giant. Let's wake up. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us now in this stillness and this quiet. Would you help us to hear what we need to hear today and see what we need to see? Would you bring your beautiful, gentle conviction where it's needed? Would you bring freedom and restoration to those places that you want to breathe life? And Satan, I want to speak out now that we resist you now in Jesus' name. You have no place here in this gathering. You have no right to speak into the thoughts of the people here or to distract them or to keep them captive in their ways. And we bind you now in Jesus' name. All right. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commands. Many times it's actually not more truth that we need. It's more obedience to what we've already been shown. And this is a hard question. But if loving God means that you will obey him, do you need to confess your lack of love for God because of your disobedience to revealed truth? So not doing what he's shown you to do. Next question. Do you have an idol of comfort or of certainty in your life? These are idols that are going to make you complacent, they're going to make you stagnant, and they're going to paralyze you. And they just have to be dismantled. Do you need to confess and repent where the fear of the Lord is not operating in your life? Where you've forgotten about the holiness of God? 
where you're more influenced by what others think than what God says. Maybe you've just got a bit too casual with God. How desperate are you to hear God speak to you? Is it something that you actually desire? How desperate are you for God full stop? And what price are you willing to pay to hear God's voice as a way of life for yourself? And finally, and this is more a comment than a question, Maybe you're hearing God speak. I really feel this is significant for this service, for the 11 a.m.ers. Maybe you're hearing God speak, but you just don't think you can do what he's asking of you. You do really want to do it, like your heart's right, but you feel like you just don't have it in you. And if that's you, I felt like I was meant to read this out to you today. It's from a devotional called I Hear His Whisper. So it's written as if God is speaking. And it says, All that's needed is simple obedience to step beyond the boundaries that you have created. Boundaries that set limits on what you believe I can and cannot do through you. Don't look to yourself when I ask you to do something, checking to see if you have the faith for it. Look to me, the one who is the embodiment of faith. It never has been, nor will it ever be about what you can do. It is about what I can do through you. I am the all-powerful one, alive in you. So I'm going to invite the worship team up, and I just want to encourage you to respond in this space. I've got no idea what that's going to look like. (laughs) Maybe you need to get down on your knees in repentance. Maybe you need to surrender some things today. Maybe you need to walk up the front of this auditorium with a declaration that you are willing to obey whatever he asks you to do. Maybe you would like someone to pray for you. Come to the front and we'll do that or ask somebody around you. Like, I have no idea. (laughs) But just be obedient to what the Holy Spirit's nudging you to do today. If you haven't got the courage to do it in this room, surrounded by people who love you and want the best for you, It's going to be a whole lot harder out there. So I just, yeah, encourage you to do whatever you need to do in this space. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, Life can be tough, so let's do it together.